All right, mic check. Oh, there we are. Mic check one, two, one, two. We are back. This is the Culture Academy podcast. Class is in session. Class is in session yet again. Please take your seats today. Uh, we got it. We got another another one. We got another. I sound like one of those rappers in the studio. You know, yeah, I feel like we got one with this one. You know, so um, yeah, man. How's it going, man? It's been a crazy world out there. I know there's a few things um, happening right now. Obviously, you know, th- I'm glad that shit actually happened right now. Like, I- I'm sick of these slow news weeks. Uh, the NBA is fucking back. How do you feel? I feel great about that, man. I'm excited. Uh, I know we're just, I know we're just getting things going. We sit here watching the Bulls uh, Celtics game now, but I'm excited for the season. I know it's gonna be long, so buckle, uh, buckle up your seatbelts and uh, let's enjoy it. Yeah, man, I'm really excited about the season. And there's been a lot of um, talk between between the offseason and obviously now with the whole Warriors, Kevin Durant. Uh, you even had a few other moves. Even even talk outside of free agency, you had uh, obviously the, the great Kobe Bryant retirement and then the great Tim Duncan retirement, which Tim Duncan went out with a whimper as opposed to Kobe going out with a bang. But his impact is still... You know, he's probably don't, the best power forward of all don't time. Don't do Timmy like that, man. Don't no, do I ain't doing him like that. that. Man. I ain't doing he him like out, that. He went out like a G2, man. No, but here's my thing with Tim Duncan. But Kobe went out with the flashing lights. <laughs> and that's what I mentioned. Here's my thing with Kobe. Co- I mean, Tim Duncan, he's still going to be the best power forward of all time. Best power forward of all time. Top 10 player. Bar none. My, what, 10. I'm, what I'm saying about him that's going out. one hell of a uh, Hall of Fame class. Man. Oh, yeah, it is. And especially KG retired, as a matter of fact, too. We didn't did talk PP about that. retire or, yeah. he, or did he come back? KG? Oh, no, he re- Paul Pierce. Paul, oh, Paul Pierce came back. He said this is his last season. Is he rocking with the Clippers? Yeah, he's still with the Clippers. So okay, he says okay. he's going to retire after the season. So you had KG retire. But what I'm saying is Tim Duncan going out with a whisper is, um, and maybe it's good for the kind of the way he did it, but they had it's the Timmy Kobe. Style. Yeah, Timmy style. They had the Kobe farewell tour, basically. When Kobe was going out and they were uh, basically giving him shit. It was kind of like the Jer- Derek Judah tour in baseball. Um, with big poppy as well big big poppy as well and he's getting all these accolades and everybody's celebrating him before each game as he should just as you mentioned and tim duncan basically at the end of the season said all right cool i'm out yeah i appreciate timmy d man he stayed true to himself he um very well accomplished player uh i think he has enough championship rings for every finger on his hand right or at least on one of his hands he got five yeah, he does got five rings. He has five, so Timmy got five, Kobe got five, KG got one. So that's a great. That's gonna be a great class, man. Uh, we're gonna release and miss those guys, but as you can see, my Lakers was looking a lot more. They was looking a lot more relaxed. It was having a lot more fun, smiles. So I'm happy uh, that Kobe retired. He got his money, brought home five uh, championship uh, banners back home uh, to the Staples Center. But I'm excited to see these young bulls get out there and play and. Uh, and see what they can do for the purple and gold moving forward. You know, let's talk about the Lakers real quick, man. Cause that's your squad. Let's talk about the Lakers real quick. Um, obviously, they got a new head coach in Luke Walton. You said Kobe retired, which is a big thing for me. I, I think, and this is going to sound stupid, and I don't know if you agree being a Lakers fan. Even though Kobe's retirement, to me, stunted the growth of D'Angelo Russell and Julius Randle, I what think do you mean that was it to growth. Like, you mean, to gr- like you mean him being there was stunting their growth? It was passing it to Kobe the entire time. It was basically the Kobe show the entire time. Um, and now I'm not going to make any mention for D'Angelo Russell. He kind of shot himself in the foot with the whole Iggy Zelia situation with Nick Young. So that kind of lost his trust in teammates. But um, I think Kobe's farewell tour kind of stunted the growth in, the, in these players. But I think that was a good thing because you never want to be in the middle of the pack. You always want to be either really good or really bad to get a lottery pick, and the Lakers were really bad, and they got Brandon Ingram, who I think is going to be a great pick for the Lakers. I mean, I think you. I mean, I like what I like uh, definitely what you said. Picking up Luke from your uh, from your coaching staff, uh, Golden State out there. I definitely like what he's doing with Ingram. Uh, you know, not really rushing them into the into the forefront. You know, putting too much pressure on the young kid. He's bringing him off the bench. And what I really liked last night when I was watching him was he was really embracing the defensive role um, last night. He was really intense on defense. And I think that really kind of, I think the rest of the team kind of fed off of that. And that really fed into his offense. Uh, Randall was looking really efficient last night. And Russell, I think he's definitely going to be a dog. And he's very aggressive and he's very uh, animated. I like him. 
And I'm definitely, uh, I definitely, uh, we didn't see this side of him uh, last year. So I definitely think that he kind of had his, uh, his, his uh, kind of was tied a lot of that bravado, um, you know, due to the fact that, uh, you know, Kobe uh, was on the team and taking up a lot of that spotlight. Yeah, and that's another player I got in my squad, D'Angelo Russell, fantasy basketball. You know how it is. But, now I like Russell's game. I think he's going to be really good this year. Um, I still think the Lakers are going to be middle of the pack this year. I think, I mean, you, you beat the Rockets. I'm not trying to deflate the tires here, but, you know, when you got the Rockets. Yo, but who, a lot of people say that James Harden going to be MVP. So if he's going to be MVP, the Rockets have to be some type of good, right? You, who, who's saying James Harden is going to be? A lot of people are saying that James Harden is going to be MVP. Rockets ain't even going to make the playoffs. Ooh, man. They lost too many good players. And the only person you got is James Harden and Mike D'Antoni is your coach. Yeah, MVP. No defense. D-League MVP, maybe. You know, but he's going to be the NBA MVP. I'll tell you that much. But, um, yeah, man. So, you know, and you were talking about, um, obviously, I want to be well-documented here that I've been a Warriors fan for a long time. Uh, you mentioned earlier Luke Walton from my coaching staff. I've been a Warriors fan, died hard since, like, shit, 03, 02. Uh, even though one actually. Um, so to see the Warriors lose the first game, I wasn't as concerned as you are. I know you were you were making a big uh, big you know debut about the actual rebounds, and I get it. That makes sense because we we haven't addressed much of our it's issues. It's gonna rebounding. be a problem in the playoffs. Yeah, I can hear where you're coming from with that. But my my thing is not losing the game. It's the fact that we lost to the Spurs, who are I think are the only team out of the West, that's going to give us problems. I don't no, think the Clippers still are going to give us think, Do you still underestimate a healthy Clippers team? I, huh? I do underestimate. You wonder why I underestimate why? the Please Clippers tell team? Us. I'll tell you why. The Clippers beat us in the playoffs that one year with the um, whole Donald Sterling situation. Okay. You had the Donald Sterling situation lighting the fire underneath the Clippers. In addition to that, we were injured that year. The Clippers, they're big men. They do not play like traditional big men. So I don't think they have the Spurs big men. They play like traditional bigs with the exception of LaMarcus Aldridge, who he kind of plays like a Tim Duncan type player. He got the mid-range game. He does play like a big man. And that's the same with Gasol, even David Lee, who they got coming off the bench. These are guys who still play like big men, but I don't think the Clippers play like, I think the only way the, the war, the Warriors can lose to the Clippers is if Blake Griffin changes his entire style. He has to come out and be that guy. I have never seen that from Blake Griffin. I still think this is Chris Paul's team, and that's not a bad thing, but in order for them to beat the Warriors, it has to be Blake Griffin's team because nobody can stop Blake Griffin on the Warriors. That's just a fact. So I I, I can't see Griffin taking that step. So I don't think the, the Clippers are at all. And, you know, I don't really give Doc Rivers much credit as a coach as opposed to Popovich. So I think Popovich gives us issues, and we've already had that history with the Spurs, and we lost to them. Uh, plenty of time, so I I do think the Spurs are the ones to be reckoned with for us. But I mean, we'll see, man. Like, and it's funny because the last um conversation we had about that, and I hate when you write, I hate it to death because you said it was the rebounding and the defense, and the two things that were lacking that first game was rebounding and especially defense. When you let a team score one thirty on you, basically one twenty nine, you let a team beat you by twenty nine points and they score one hundred twenty nine. Defense is a huge problem. I'm just trying to tell you guys, man, when the Warriors are on, they're going to be on and they're going to be blowing guys out the gym. But when it's time, but when the the rubber meets the road and it's really time for them to come on and really time for them to shine, I don't know if the rebounding is going to be there for them when it really matters when you're clanking shots off the back of the rim. And that's my issue with uh, Draymond Green. And I do like Draymond Green as a player. I think he's top, probably top two defensive players in the league. Um, and he plays with a lot of heart. But at the end of the day, size is just something that you can't make up for. Um, that's why you have players like Andre Drummond on the Detroit Pistons who average like 13, 14 rebounds a game because of his size and obviously his aggressiveness. Draymond has heart, but the size is lacking. And I think that's going to end up hurting us at some point. So now you said basically that you do agree that you guys need to make a move to get some interior help for rebounding and an interior presence. Because what's ultimately going to happen to you guys is teams are going to out-rebound you, which is going to lead to more possessions, more fast break points, 
more free throws because they're going to get to the line because you guys are going to get frustrated when you're missing shots. So um, I do believe the Warriors are going to make it to the finals, you know, if they're healthy and everything like that. But I do think they also need to make some sort of move to, uh, you know, to get some junkyard dog in them, you know, for uh, for that April to June run. But I don't think we need to. I think we need to play Pachulia more in the center. Like, we're trying to play too small. I think Pachulia needs to be, because Bogut was that guy for us, um, and I think Pachulia would end up being that guy. It's just they have to give him more minutes. They want to play small, but, you know, they'll figure it out. I'm not worried about it. Um, you know what? This is a good conversation to have because me being a Warriors fan, I have to kind of distance myself from this, but I want to know what your opinion on this is. Okay. How good of a coach do you think Steve Kerr really is? Um, I think that Steve Kerr is a very good coach. I think he is. Uh, he came from a very good uh, basketball mind. You know, Phil Jackson was there, and then he also had the benefit of being able to watch the players up for, up close and personal for many years as a commentator as well. But I do believe that he genuinely has to be a good coach. He's not a game manager. He it didn't happen by uh you know by luck because he was able to take virtually the same team that Mark Jackson had. And yes, Mark Jackson elevated that team, and I feel like he did kind of get the short end of the stick. They should have gave. I felt he personally should have got another year, and I would think that he probably it's very well possible that he could have accomplished what Steve Kerr was able to accomplish. Um, but Steve Kerr, you know, he was able to, he was he was already rubbing elbows with the owners while he was, you know, doing the broadcasting gig. So he stepped up. But kudos to Steve Kerr, man. He, and he made the adjustments. I, You know, for all we know, Mark Jackson was, could have made those same adjustments. But I believe Steve Kerr is definitely um, as good as advertised, for sure. See, that's why I'm different about it. Just like you said, Mark oh, Jackson. Man. I, I am, man. Like, I don't know how good... I would never know how good Steve Kerr is as a coach until he experiences turmoil. But and he I don't has think he got turmoil. Well, okay. So you're counting the finals. Is that what you're talking He's about? He's been the finals twice. What about the roads to the finals? But being know? to the finals doesn't mean anything to me. What do you mean? And, and the, the reason, seven of the finals two years no, in a row? No, here's why that's, I say here's why here's why I say here's why I say it doesn't mean anything to me. Obviously, the team getting to the finals is an accomplishment, but let's talk about your ex Lakers coach, Byron Scott. He made it let's to the finals. It. With a stacked uh, New Jersey years, Nets. I think, uh, what, two years in a row, three years in a row? With a stacked New Jersey Nets team. And do you think Byron Scott is a good coach? I think he's above average. Above average is not a good coach. So you agree with me. <laughs> right. I agree, and, yeah. He, he's not that great. And and that's my issue. Like, I know they experienced turmoil last year in Game 7 in the well, Finals. Look, if you make it, if you're within two minutes of winning the Finals, that's always a good thing. The year thing. before, they won it in uh, six games, was it? But that's also with the Cavs players being injured. That's what I'm saying. So that was some drama in those finals as well because I believe I believe the I believe the Cavaliers were up at one point two games to one. And so I just I, mean, I just he's don't been think through some tough times. But he, what about last year when they were uh, down three to one to the uh, uh, OKC? But the, that and again that's a rookie coach at that time, Billy Donovan. Even though I know he's a good coach, great job, Billy Donovan. It was by a great job, great coach. He was a rookie coach. coach but what way. I'm saying as far as being seasoned is. You know, I don't think Doc Rivers is an amazing coach. I think he's a great coach. So are so, you saying that the NBA is lacking great coaches? Oh, definitely. Definitely. But I, in, in this opinion, okay, the Western Conference is obviously the most stacked conference. If they played the Spurs in a seven-game series and they were down 2-1, do you think the Warriors have enough coaching to come back in the series? Not pure talent. <clears throat> coaching. But. If they're down to the Spurs 2-1, do I believe that there's enough coaching that Steve Kerr will be able to make the necessary adjustments? I believe he would be able to make the necessary adjustments. I think it would be, I think it would come down more so to the players on the court and then being able to execute, you know, the game plan. Because once you get down to April through June, I think it now comes down to execution and chemistry as a team. And then, you know, a little bit of lady luck goes a long way also. It does, and that's my issue is we don't have a big enough sample size, even though it's been two years, based on everything that's happened in two, two years. Two years and two deep, deep playoff runs, too. But not even just deep playoff runs. You know, okay, so let me put it to you this way, and I'm not sure if you agree. 
And I'm not taking anything away from Steve Kerr. It I sounds do think, like anytime somebody says I'm not taking something away, they're definitely <laughs> taking something away. That's definitely no, what not, that means. I'm not. I do think he's a good coach, but my issue is, is he a great coach? Because this is what I'm saying. It's the fine line the Mark good Jackson, and great. The Mark Jackson team, correct me if I'm wrong, we lost in the semifinals that year. The year that he got fired. Yes, we yes. lost in the semifinals. Yeah. Okay. The very next year, Steve Kerr takes them to the finals. And, they and win. we win. Yeah. And we win. Against the hobbling Cavs team. Yes. Okay. The very beginning of next season, Steve Kerr has back issues. Correct. And Luke Walton takes him to about should've 28. Should have won coach of the year, in my opinion, Luke Walton, but they didn't give it to him. And he took Those him bastards. to about 28. And 29 straight. Now, I know Steve Kerr has a part in that because he's not just chilling at home. Bro, that's over a third of the season that Luke Walton held it down. Yeah, and that's what I'm meaning. Like, look, like I said, I don't – I based on Luke Walton, I know Steve Kerr has something to do with it, but based on the fact that your assistant coach can come out and run 28-29 straight games, it makes it seem like the team is amazing as opposed to the coach. Right, but I understand that. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying now. So you're making it seem like Steve Kerr just, uh, not Steve Kerr, that's his name, right? Yeah, Steve Kerr. Like uh, he just and he encouraged, like he just inherited a fantastic team, and he's kind of just, you know, just cruising along and don't don't mess it up. I think so, and I'm not. And again, I understand what you're and saying. And again, so he you're has, saying basically he's like not not to cut you off. He's like Spostra. He's like, that was my uh, next like, example. Spostra. That was my I next example. I see where you were coming from. Okay, okay. I that see was, where you're okay, coming now, from. Okay, now, look, I'll keep it 100. From. I'll keep it a book. David it's, Black. I'll keep. I'll <laughs> made it to the finals. <laughs> I see where you're coming from now. David I'm Black. with you. I'm with you now. But I'm saying, like, okay, Steve Curry has a lot to do with Stephen Curry's success. I, Correct. I, I think he has a lot to do with it. So he I'm opened not, up the offense. Not taking that away from he and I think Spolstra is a good coach. I think Spolstra is a great coach, actually. We'll see this year. We'll see this year. But even before that, like you were talking about, uh, when, okay, so when LeBron went down to Miami, the decision, Spolstra took a team with basically Dwayne Wade to the playoffs. There was nobody else in that team, just Dwayne Wade. Yeah, but y'all, definitely, Spolstra is a good coach, but I, but I definitely see what you were saying. But but but, but, but did Spolstra lead Miami to, the, to those rings, or was it more LeBron and D-Wade and Chris Bosh? Getting it together and winning. And that part, I can't answer for certain. And the way I, the reason I say I can't answer it for certain is, obviously LeBron has a lot to do with it because he left Cleveland. They were the worst team. He went back to Cleveland. They were the best team in the East. LeBron should be like a six or seven time MVP. The only reason he's not is because the voters and writers have what we call LeBron fatigue. And we've seen this before. With Jordan fatigue, they just started giving the award to other people because they already knew who the best player in the league was. Yeah, I agree, and, and that's my and that's my thing with LeBron is um I know LeBron had a lot to do with it, but Spolstra, he you know and again Spolstra is a great coach, but because of how many issues that Chris Bosh has been having heart wise, I don't know how far that Heat team could have went. They made it to the semifinals. They they almost they gave the Raptors a competitive series, and they could have probably beaten the Raptors if they had Chris Bosh. Yeah, but I think the results still would have been the same. They still would have succumbed to Cleveland. But to your point about good and great coaches, uh, this is what I will say. I'm going to get your thoughts on this, and then, uh, you know, I'll give it back to you. Uh, what about Tom Thibodeau? Because look at how good the Bulls were overall when he was a coach versus what they were last year when he left. In my eyes, Tibbs is a great coach. And I think I think that if Tibbs could get with I mean he I mean he has a pretty good opportunity now, but I think that if he would have been able to get with like more of a um I would love to see what Tibbs could have done with the team, you know. I think he could really succeed with the Warriors, or really could succeed with the young Lakers team, even though I'm glad we got Luke. I think that the Rockets really could have used Tom Thibodeau. I think, you know, oh, yeah. the Pelicans could have really used the Tom Thibodeau. Oh, yeah. So there's a lot of different teams that I think that he could come there and be an instant spark for. You know, I, I know he has the gig now, but um, Tibbs, I think, is a really great coach, and I would love to see him get a, get with the team, you know, that he could really, uh, really, really vibe with. I do think – I'm not going to say a great coach. I think Tibbs is a good coach. Potential, and to, again, be, it goes, potential to be great. 
it goes back to sample size with me. Like, I don't look at things like... Oh, my God. The thing with me is I'm harder of a critic than these sports writers. Like, a lot of these sports writers, they look at the fact that, okay, the Bulls, the success with Tibbs. But here's my thing with Tibbs. The Bulls were succeeding with Vinny Del Negro. Yeah, but they were... But... but They were succeeding with Vinny Del Negro. That, yeah, they were. But you know what? But I think that Tibbs did a lot for the Bulls. And I definitely see how they dropped off last year without him. I definitely think... Uh, that he plays a major role, but um, but Steve Kerr, I definitely think that Steve Kerr brought another. But back to your point, though, I definitely think, or your question rather, I definitely think that Steve Kerr brought another element to the Warriors that Mark Jackson wasn't able to do. Though I do think if they would have gave him another year, I I believe they would have took another step, win the finals. I don't know, but nobody thought that they were going to win the finals. You know, go all the way to the finals with Steve Kerr, the first year coach. But you know, that's just kind of how it played out. You know. Uh, I did because obviously my oh, stop. my bias, you know, me being oh, a favorite, stop it. me being a Warriors guy, but um, not but see the thing is with Thibodeau, man, is like I said, man, and, and it's hard for me to gauge this stuff. It's just Vinny Del Negro had the Bulls ball. They got rid of him because of management issues, and obviously Thibodeau took took control, and they did good. That also goes. They got rid of Thibodeau because management issues. Maybe the Bulls. Maybe it's just their negligence oh, as an organization. I think they're they're blinded by Jordan's success, but um, that's neither here nor there. And then I maybe mean, they were close with Derrick Rose and them for a couple of years. You and know, speaking of Vinny Del Negro, let's talk about him again. The Bull, the Clippers were playing great with Vinny Del Negro. Oh, it's great! They were great. Great. They were playing great with Vinny Del Negro. They had a winning record, and they were winning with Vinny Del Negro. They just made the decision to actually get um, Doc Rivers. And I don't blame him for that. I don't blame him for getting Doc Rivers. But I just – and that's the same thing with me. I don't know how good of a coach Doc Rivers is because of that same thing. I don't know, man. Doc Rivers has been coaching for a long time. He was successful in Orlando. He was successful in Boston. He's been successful with the Clippers. So I don't know if you can really keep questioning Doc Rivers. How many know, coach, How many titles does Doc Rivers have? I mean, he only has one, but he has that, one that's title, more than and a that lot was of the, coaches have. And know? that was the first year that Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett was in in the Celtics. The very first year, yeah, they went they to the finals, the finals again. The year after that. they were in the finals the year after. But again, look, dude, you give me a team with Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, and LeBron James. But, what, but wait, but wait, but what do we? But what do we say if in you know the next four or five years, you know, Steve Kerr still only has one? Then are you gonna? What are you gonna say then? Are you gonna? You, I don't know, man. One ring is still good, man. Not everybody is going to, you know, run the gauntlet and get four, five, six rings. But know? my issue with my issue not with a Doc lot Rivers. Of parody in the NBA. I don't know if you looked around. Yeah, definitely. But my, my biggest issue with uh, Doc Rivers isn't just that. It's okay, if Steve Kerr Look ends how up. how long it took the Warriors to get one. But, but here's my thing with the Warriors. Let's talk about their players. With the exception of Kevin Durant, we were in the, we were in the league, the, the league. We were in the finals last two years. You're going to make my point. We drafted Clay Thompson. Yes. We drafted Draymond Green. Great management. We drafted Stephen Curry. Fantastic. You know, we uh, drafted y'all, 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 Harrison y'all did Barnes. Y'all very well in the draft. Y'all, <laughs> we <did>. the draft. <laughs> y'all were up to something. <laughs> y'all were up to something. We drafted the Harrison Barnes at that time. Doc Rivers acquired Tracy McGrady. Doc Rivers acquired KG and Ray Allen. Doc he Rivers was, went to a loaded. those darts. You're so cold. You're so cold. He went to a loaded. Clippers team. So, so you're saying that Doc Rivers can't close the deal by him. He, he, he can't close the deal is what you're saying. Look, let me keep it 100, man. I won't be the only guy that's ever going to say this. Doc Rivers is out here chasing titles, man. Fuck that. And he can't close the deal. He's, he's, pulling, he's pulling the LeBron to Miami. He's just chasing he's, whoa, titles. Wait, stop. Stop. Wait right there. Okay, look. I'm not going to let you just. I'm not disrespecting LeBron. LeBron's one of my LeBron favorite players. LeBron wasn't chasing titles. LeBron, LeBron wasn't the chase of the Le- title when he decided to play with Miami. No. Get the fuck out of here, man. Can I, can I explain? Let me, let me hear your explanation. Can I explain? Let me hear it. How was he not chasing titles? Come on. Because you say that LeBron James is chasing, was chasing titles. Yeah. How was he chasing titles? He went to a team with two All-Stars. And I'm a LeBron fan. Let's make this clear. But he went to no, a wait, team. wait, wait, wait. You, you said two. that you're a LeBron what? I'm a LeBron fan. I am a LeBron fan. So it's the same thing with KD. You're going to sit here and tell me KD's not chasing the title no, by KD Jordan Moore. No, KD is chasing titles. But explain how LeBron was chasing titles, though. Oh, this is easy. 
They went to the finals. They got uh, swept by the Spurs. The next few years, they bounced out in the playoffs. He quit on the last game of that playoff season, series against the Celtics. He did, Yeah, he did shut it down. I agree to that. And then the very next year, he decides to join a stack team with Dwayne Wade in his prime, Chris Bosh, and they all decide to join the team together. You're telling me that's not chasing titles. And there's nothing bad with chasing titles because he won with Cleveland, so that's a credit to him. So it's not bad to say that, but he definitely chased those two titles he got to make. They were in the finals four years in a row. He knew what he was doing. I definitely, I definitely believe the second part of what you said. He knew what he was doing. It was definitely a power move going down to Miami. He looked around and uh, and saw the best option, and I don't blame him for going there. But for you to say that he was like chasing titles, I disagree because go back and look at those teams that the cle- that they put around him. Those guys was just hot garbage that he was able to drag through a weak Eastern Conference that they were outmatched against the Spurs, they were outmatched against the Celtics, and they refused to put any good talent around the guy. So he took his opportunity to leave, and he went to the best option available, and they went to the finals. He, he went two for four, and, and, and that's that. I don't think he was chasing titles, but Durant, your boy Durant, who was up 3-1 against said Warriors, and then he and Russell and said team basically choked it away he decided to take the mantra of if you can't beat them join them granted given them given the landscape of the nba now with free agency and everything he did it within the rules of the game but uh that is the definition of trying to chase a ring he's trying to go there get a ring to say that yay hey i had this on my resume so now you guys can't say i'm not a champion at the end of the day and then I guarantee once he does it, maybe they might win one, they might win two. And then he'll probably go about his merry way and then go from there. But he's definitely chasing rings uh, for sure. Doc Rivers, I can see, is chasing rings uh, for sure. What was the guy, David West? His ass was running around chasing rings, taking less. Oh, rings, David West is chasing rings. For sure. But nah. LeBron's so you're going to tell me LeBron is not chasing That wasn't chasing rings. That was going to a better team because my current team wouldn't do nothing for me. So LeBron, in your opinion, was not chasing championship rings. He didn't chase championship rings, no. The Kings came down here to win championships. Not one championship. Not two. LeBron, tell us about that. Not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven. What about it? Not nine? What about it? What about it? So basically, that's like saying, yeah, you know what? I'm coming to Miami, and we just want to make it to the conference finals. Of course, we're coming down here to win, baby. Let's go. Of course, like, we're coming down here to win. Dude, he, of course. Had, he had to be chased. Look, man, let's just Bro, call, let's Pau call Gasol, it what it is. When Pau Gasol got traded to the Lakers, baby, they was talking about, let's get these rings, man. Come on, let's go. Let's get these rings. Of course, when you when you link up, you trying to win. Duh. But being duh. There has not been one situation in NBA where a team creates a super group to not win titles. But no but point so, point and uh, example. The, the I, I'm not gonna buy that. Man. Point and example that we were talking about earlier. The Boston Celtics. Have a super group right now. Yes or no? Oh, they're definitely a super group. Okay. But the the point and example. Did you boycott the KD coming to the Warriors? Oh hell no. Of course not. Hell no, so but LeBron wasn't the first to do it. We all, uh, LeBron was uh, LeBron wasn't the first. I, you know who the first to do it was recently, and this may not be the exact first, but it was. Um, it it had to be the first of all. You can even make an argument that Kareem did kind of the same thing, even though I wouldn't want to play for the Bucks and I'd rather play for the Lakers. So he made a smart choice, bro. You can make an argument that the Lakers with, with uh, Karl Malone and Gary Payton linked up. That was a super team originally, and that's what they what did. The it Pist- they did it to the make Pistons titles with the super team as well. Oh, when the Pistons weren't up, a super team. They though. linked up, which man, they was pretty dominant, bro. They was pretty dominant, also. Yeah, they were uh, dominance being different in the super team. The the Lakers are definitely a good example of that. But the most recent example is okay. Let's say the Celtics. I'm not sure if you remember. Yeah, when, I remember. I remember KG and uh, Paul Pierce. Uh, exactly. And, uh, Before they got up. together, because those were done via trades, because KG wanted out of the Wolves. KG did not want to go to the Celtics initially because he didn't think they could win a championship. Then the Celtics made a trade and landed Ray Allen. The KG was like, all right, cool, I'm going to the Celtics. So they wanted to win the championship. I'm not saying it's bad, 
But I'm LeBron saying, definitely but I'm, did I'm that saying, to get but, championships. But of course, he, and it worked, so it's good for him. No, 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 no. But I, I agree with what you're saying. But I think for you, but I think for uh, for you to kind of say that he was chasing the championship ring, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. I believe that he looked at the, at the situation in Cleveland and saw that they weren't really trying to put the best around him for him to succeed the best that he could against the competition against the West. So him being a free agent, he looked around at the, he wasn't going to go to the West. Obviously, I think that, and that's a, and that's a topic for another day. And I think that's a huge reason for uh, LeBron's success and another huge reason for Jordan's success because they chose to stay in the Eastern Conference. But we'll save that for another day. But uh, but he looked around in his, at the options for the teams that he could go to. Chris Bosh was already there. I can go play with my best bud, Pat Riley as the GM. Of course, I'm going to make the best move for me to win. I'm not going to leave my hometown and then go what? What did you guys want him to do? Go to the Wizards and drag the Wizards to a championship? Go to the Magic and drag the Magic? Go to the Sixers and but bring them a championship? But that's my point. That's my point. If his issue was solely the way Cleveland, and Cleveland handled it terribly, I think the second best person on that Cavs team was Larry Hughes, if that tells you. Yeah, anything. but that Cavs team was trash. But, but, but do you see where I'm coming from is how I don't see it as him really chasing championships? I think you could say he was chasing rings if he would have left the Cavs and went to the Celtics or the Spurs. Then you could say he was chasing championships because, oh, you, you went to the But he still linked up hand. with three All-Stars. It's not like if he went to when Bosch was signed with the Raptors. It's not like he said, yo, Bosch, I'm joining you in the Raptors. Okay, and Wade well, stays well, in Miami. Well, well, let me ask you this. And, and, uh, and, I, think, and I think that this will kind of, you know, kind of hit, kind of bring it home a little bit for the type of caliber player that we're talking about also. So what if LeBron would have chose to, and I know this is all hypothetical because, you know, everything has already played out and it's everything's already done. But I think any team that LeBron would have left and that he would have went to. They'd be know, playoff contender, championship. They would have been the championship contender instantly. And, you know, you never know what would have happened. But I can understand how, you know, how some, you got, how some people can view it as, he chased the ring and everything like that. I just kind of see it more as he just made the best of a situation that was kind of bad. But I definitely think that KD is chasing the ring because look at because look at how he did it. He didn't have to go to the Warriors. He could have went to any team that he wanted, but he chose to go to the team that beat him. So he kind of took the easiest route, thinking, yeah, they didn't have the big parade like the Heat did and everything like that, which was very childish of them, by the way. But uh, but he's definitely chasing rings. For sure, because he could have stayed one more year at Russ to see if that worked. He could have went a, a multitude of different ways, but he chose to go link up with the biggest, baddest team who just happened to slip up in the finals. Because let's not forget, the Warriors were only a couple of possessions away from being back-to-back champions. And you know what? I think him and Russ had a lot to do with it. I, I think even though— I, the, think it, I think it was shocking. Weren't you, were you shocked that, that, that it all fell apart like that? I wasn't shocked that it all fell apart. I was in shocked. the offseason, that is. I was shocked that he left to the Warriors. I wasn't shocked that you it all You were shocked. Every, I was, I, I was shocked. shocked. I, I was, and you know, like if you told me back in the days when we had uh, Baron Davis, Stephen Jackson, Monty Ellis, Corey Maggette, if we was going to end good up getting run. Kevin good Durant. Good run. That was teams. a good run. Don Nelson coaching exciting team. And if we were end up getting Kevin Durant in the future, I would never believe this. So I think that was more of a shock to me. I did not expect him leaving, but I think there's a bigger thing with Russell Westbrook than people made it seem. And I'm not saying it's Westbrook's fault because Westbrook, a lot of people don't remember. You probably do. That year they played the um, the San Antonio Spurs in the finals when the uh, Western Conference Finals when the Spurs made it to the NBA Finals to play the Heat. They always said Westbrook's shellfish. He don't pass the ball. This, that, and the third. They, I remember they went to overtime that game and Westbrook kept passing it to Durant and Durant was just bricking and bricking and bricking. So, See, so, so your boys know to get cold feet and choke up and uh, – let me ask you this point, Blake, period. Are the Warriors, at the end of the day, going to raise the trophy? Yes. And they're going to beat the Cavs? They are going to beat the Cavs. In Cause seven. KD, In seven. Because KD is a difference to me. And the reason I say KD is a difference, we had this conversation before. The NBA Finals came down to a Game 7 on Golden State. Now, Golden State choked that entire series. And a lot. I'm not going to say choke because the Cavs clearly beat them. So I'm not going to be that fan that makes that excuse, but they definitely didn't close the deal. They were in the last six or five minutes of the finals. The both teams base did not score. Like I think the Cavs scored like six points 
between that time. KD is going to break that spell. And to me, NBA is all about momentum. So if both teams are stagnant for two minutes and KD comes out of nowhere and breaks off two uh, back-to-back scoring plays, then the momentum is with the team. So I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, And also, a lot of people don't talk about this, man, but there's a reason the Cavs are trying to limit LeBron's uh, minutes this season. And I don't think it's just solely based off the fact that LeBron is getting um, older or he's getting tired or they want to save him for the playoffs. I really think the Cavs put way too much stress on LeBron. So I think that's going to come up ending to bite him at some point as well. Because if you remember that series, and of course he had no choice because both of his stars were out, but that series the first year with the Warriors when the Warriors won the championship, LeBron was out here pulling 40, 44-minute games, which is crazy for somebody yeah, to be doing that. LeBron's been a workhorse ever since he came into the league. So at some point you do have to wonder. And he's, never been, and he's almost been like an Iron Man. He doesn't really miss any games. So you almost do have to wonder, is that going to kind of catch up to him at some point in time? But uh, but I definitely think at this point, you know, you definitely do want to limit his minutes as much as possible. Uh, use him as burps, you know, as necessary. Because um, for the Cleveland Cavaliers, their whole main thing is, you know, we just want to maintain uh, home home court throughout the playoffs. So that way, you know, we have the easiest route to the finals. Um, I don't know. I don't believe they're really going to push too hard to try to get the best record in the league. If it's there, they'll maybe go for it. But I think they just want to cruise through the Eastern Conference. They'll take the three games, you know, at their house, and they'll just try to steal one on the road. You know, that they don't mind going seven games and banging it out. But uh, but I definitely do hear what you're saying. What you're saying, they definitely are limiting LeBron James's minutes, and I think it is due to age. But I also think it's due to you know, you know, he's going to lay everything on the line from April to June to try to get you another trophy and, uh, you know, and do it. So I think LeBron James is in the prime of his, of his career. I think he only has another uh, maybe two, three years at this uh, peak level, and they will probably start to see the uh, the decline of the LBJ. Decline, yeah. And you know what? Let's talk about another star here because we touched on him earlier. How do you feel about Anthony Davis's game? First game of the season, if everybody was not aware, Anthony Davis scored 50 points, had 16 rebounds, seven steals, and four blocks, which is, fucking insane and they lost and they took the l to I the Denver Nuggets. my guy out there man he's that de- new he's definitely out there on the island man i'm talking like an island like on tom hanks castaway man <laughs> and you mentioned he has a, a few years left in his contract you think he's he's out of new orleans at that point because i can't I think, see them I making think, a huge jump the next three years unless i think they he's start. i think he's out of new orleans unless by some magical way He's able to do what my man, uh, what my man uh, Chev was telling me earlier, uh, that he needs to go ahead and uh, figure out a way to try to brand himself and figure out a way to acquire more talent to come down and play with him, in a sense, if he wants to be successful in New Orleans. Because other than that, he's going to leave, you know, when his contract is up and he'll go somewhere else and try to, uh, and try to make it work. But it's so sad because it's such prime years. So I hope that him and his that him and the New Orleans management can try to figure out some sort of game plan to get him some help and maybe get him a better coach. You know, no disrespect. But yeah, my biggest thing with Davis is uh, just like you said, he's. I don't think he has that opportunity to actually get players to go to him. Why and do you say I, that? What I mean by that is okay. NBA is changing nowadays, but let's be honest, it's all about the bigger landscapes in the bigger markets. And what I mean by that is LeBron is the only player, in my opinion, who can get players to go to Cleveland. Ain't nobody want to fucking go to Cleveland. Yeah, but see, that's my thing. It doesn't take much. All it takes is just for one person. Yeah, you're definitely right. Don't nobody want to go to goddamn Cleveland. I'm sorry. The mistake, by the <laughs> that's way. the same with New Orleans to me, to though. To- yeah, and I agree with you. And I can understand. And that's, and that's what I'm saying. We're saying the same things, maybe just in different ways. But I'm definitely saying that if, if that's what he needs, either he needs to, he has, he has three options, in my opinion, Anthony Davis. One, market yourself and brand yourself and make it seem like New Orleans is the best thing since sliced bread to acquire players, you know, one or two players to come down and play with you. Hopefully, you know, some sort of superstar player and some role players to come and play with you. Or you have to sit on the bench and pout and grope and complain through the media and see if you can get traded and somebody will pay King's ransom to get you so that way you can get out of New Orleans or 
you just play your contract out and then you can't leave until you're 27 or 28 years old. So, <laughs> you know, those are your three options. But I think at the end of the day, and and this is, I just love drama and this is why I say this. I'm just, a, I just love it. I hope either A, that he's, I hope he starts to pout after this year. If they keep being sorry and they don't make no moves in the offseason, I hope he starts to pout and starts to make it uncomfortable for management down there. So that way they will be forced to trade them and you and I'll be you'll be surprised and see who emerges to pay that king's ransom to get them. Dude, but Anthony Davis because players run the NBA. This is unlike they the do. NFL. The NFL, the owners run the NFL, but the NBA, the players run the NFL run the NBA. So Anthony Davis could start to pout, and you know that can ultimately force the organization's hand. And we see it happen time after time. Yeah, and I think that would be the smartest move for them because you wouldn't want to lose him for anything, but which which is what happened to you know ultimately the, the Cavaliers. Do you think that you would look at it differently if the Cavaliers would have traded for LeBron, or if do you think it would be viewed differently if the OKC would have traded KD somewhere else? You know what I'm saying? Like instead of these guys leaving the free agency, let's say they have free agency coming up that summer, but the teams being wise and being good business teams instead of have an ego in the way thinking they could re-sign players would you think it would have been different if lebron was traded somewhere else and then he happened to win his rings do you think he would be respected more with that but wasn't that the case that then they sign and trade it was just a week it was a week trade it's not one of those trades like oh my god i got another all-star but it was a signing trade wasn't it for like the draft picks when lebron left to go to miami yeah when he left to go to miami it was a sign and trade they traded it was a like a draft pick or something like that that they um they did it. He obviously signed with the because he wanted more money that way. So that was like before the bargaining agreement, like before that happened. I don't know. I could be wrong, but I, I could have swear it was a sign and trade. So if it was a sign and trade, that means that Dan Gilbert signed off on that. But Dan Gilbert said he didn't know until he watched the special. Yeah, but choosing a team and actually making it happen is two different things because you still you can verbally commit to something. You got to put pen to paper. It's kind of like that DeAndre Jordan Mavericks fiasco. You could say that I'm going to do this. LeBron could go on TV and say I'm signing with the Miami Heat, but the actual signings aren't official until a certain date So you put the pen to paper. So you're saying that Dan Gilbert helped, helped LeBron James get to Miami? What if, he, what if he didn't agree to the paperwork? Yeah, I believe so. Let me – okay, I actually have it pulled up here because I like um, I like fact-checking. It was a signing trade. Miami got LeBron James. The uh, Cleveland got two first-round picks – uh, 2012 second round pick, future second round pick. So they just got a bunch of tr- uh, uh, picks out of that deal. So it was actually a sign of trade. And actually, one of them is supposed to take place next year, like one of the picks. Oh, so they're you know, still right. That. that was Andrew Wiggins and the other kid who uh, who ultimately got hurt, and they traded him to uh, Minnesota too. What was that kid's name? No, that was a different one. That was after LeBron came back. I'm talking about when LeBron went to Miami. When LeBron came back, the Andrew Wiggins was a trade. Um, I don't remember exactly who they who they had over there, but um, yeah, but what did but how did they? No, they ended up with the Andrew Wiggins trade because they was the sorriest team in the league that year. Should had they kept, should should they have kept Andrew Wiggins? Uh, no. Really? No. Yeah, you can say no. I you thought you would agree. No, no. Is I, it just based off the championship they won? Yeah, exactly. Because it justifies it. Once you win the ring, it justifies it. it but justifies I think they could have won the championship more times with Andrew Wiggins. I don't know. What if they win again this year? I mean, I could agree with that. But my biggest thing is okay. Kevin Love is disappearing, and Andrew. Here's the reason I say that. Kevin Love isn't disappearing because Andrew Wiggins wouldn't be scoring in that same spot. All he'll be doing is the same thing as getting rebounds and playing defense. But if LeBron won with with Dwayne Wade, Andrew Wiggins is a slasher. Right. So I think that would have just worked beautifully. Right. But oh, so you're saying you think that he would be able to facilitate that role. And plus, Wiggins is still going to get boards because he's nasty. So, but I mean, ultimately, should they have kept Wiggins? I'll say this. We'll never know. We'll never, we'll never know. How about that? But it, but I do believe that you winning the ring and the back-to-back finals appearances does justify you trading him, though. It does justify it. But does winning justify everything? Yes, absolutely. That's exactly why you play. You play to win. I mean, you play to win, but does it justify everything? And, yes, and it goes absolutely. back to my Steve Kerr conversation. Just because he won the championship, that would not necessarily mean that he's a great coach Okay, me. fine. He's not a great coach. You know what? But you know what? That's fine. Because uh, at the end of the day, he has a ring, and you can't take that away from him. But he's not a great coach, but he still has time. So what if he has – to me, I look at coaches the same way as I look at players. It, now, I'm not saying that anybody could win a ring, but you have, you know, 
you have a nice amount of people out there who were in the profession who were able to, you know, get one ring or, or what have you. That's And that's awesome. Getting one ring is such a great achievement. Now, how you build your greatness is how many rings can you obtain. We all know that. So at the end of the day, if Steve Kerr can, you know, accumulate three, four, five rings, we'll see that's his greatness. But as of right now, based off of, you know, how you were basically judging him, his body of work, two seasons, two finals appearances, he's one for one. I'll say this guy's off to a great start. And if he can keep and if he keeps up this ratio, gets to the finals and gets the ring, fifty percent. Yeah, man. What if he retires early? Steve Kerr? Right. So h- how many years do you need to be able to say is a full body of work? Because you're saying Doc Rivers isn't a great coach, and he's been coaching for over 10 years. If Steve Kerr wins two rings and retires in four years, he's nowhere on that 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 scale of great coaches. Because there's a lot of coaches who may have won a ring who – like, I'll give you a perfect example. Larry Brown, we were talking about the Pistons earlier. I think Larry Brown's a better coach than people give him credit for. He only has one ring. Um, even Jerry Sloan with the Utah Jazz, I think he's a great coach, but he never won a ring. So I think what coaches is different than players. So how can you justify that? But how, is, he, is he a great coach because he has a lot of wins? Because he stockpiled wins? I think that would have a lot to do with it. Because you're a great coach, but because you, but how you? It's kind of like coach, a. You didn't win. It's kind of like Don Nelson and uh, George Carl. Like they may have never won rings, but, the, but, but, but can't they just be good coaches? I think George Carl's a good coach. I would think Don Nelson's a great coach. That's just my opinion. I hear you, but I'm thinking like, uh, what do you do with guys like? Um, um, so obviously you'll say Pat Riley is a great coach. I would say so. What do you do with guys who uh let me think of somebody else? Um so one ring doesn't justify it for you, which is interesting. I look at coaches differently, to be honest, bro. It's not like players coaches, like all they can do is coach. They really can't they can't do no do no more than that. But I like I said, perfect example to Jerry Sloan situation. Jerry Sloan never won a ring, but he kept Utah competitive but, for years. And once he left Utah, the Utah went down. But he had great players. He did have great players. And you know what? That's also I don't want to kind of switch topics here, but we were talking about Anthony Davis earlier. Right. In your opinion, do you think Andy Davis is just gonna end up like um I think Carmelo? he's gonna end up like I think he's gonna end up like Carmelo, like Carmelo Anthony, just somebody who's gonna put up Damn, put it quiz it quick quick for mellow and and just put up great numbers but never but ne- you know what he might end up getting put they might put like a team together around him and he might get to a championship and maybe he might be able to take advantage of it but he really need he's going to need some help and that's going to be a huge partnership between him and management to see if they can get something done down there man Fair enough. So um, let's kind of drift off the NBA real quick because there was also something else we wanted to kind of touch on, which is uh, the hot topic here. Uh, your boy, Aubrey. Um, you know, God we, damn it, Jimmy. <laughs> wheelchair Jimmy. We we might have a, a dunce of the week candidate here. Yeah, man. I think this guy's going to be the first dunce of the week. Um, he's been skating. He's been getting away with murder for a long time. You know, he body bagged Meek, and he rode that shit to no win. He embarrassed this guy, you know, all across this nation, Canada. Now he's going to take <laughs> it overseas, probably embarrass him some more. But now he's trying to add a couple more guys to his uh, skeleton collection. Uh, and I take I take some issue with it um, due to the timing of everything, especially to one of the guys that he's uh, taking shots at, um, you know, I didn't really, I didn't really like the timing of him, you know, kind of going at Cuddy while Cuddy's in rehab, and you know he's trying to battle his own personal demons, and you take this moment now to kind of uh, take those jabs and shots at him, knowing that he's kind of in a dark place, um, you know, spiritually and, myth- and mentally, uh, it would seem at this particular time. Uh, so that's kind of cold, and uh, you know. okay, well let's talk about that because we were talking about it a little bit off here. Is it unfair that he took a shot at Kid Cudi in rehab, or is it just unfair the fact that he waited till Kid Cudi got in rehab to take I a think, shot? I think it's unfair. Kind of. I think it's. I think to me it's unfair that you 
didn't take shots at the man when he was walking in the streets. Now that he's in rehab, I think it's I think it's messed up for you to initiate it now that he's in rehab. If you would have initiated it at to your point, as you were saying before, if you would have initiated it before you went in, then maybe you could have used the rehab as ammo for your arsenal during the battle. Instead, you know, kind of play it off as if you, you know, kind of made him like you made him go to rehab, you know. But in this instance, he was kind of already there trying to get himself together. And now you're throwing shots at a guy, you know, I feel kind of when he's down. And that's my issue. Let me be clear. I think the world is fucking sensitive. These millennials are fucking sensitive. I don't give a fuck that he's in rehab. Mm. I give a fuck the fact that Drake waited till he got into rehab. I could care less. I'm a fan of digging at motherfuckers who don't got shit. I'm a fan of that. I'm old school, bro. Look, I'm going to tell you a true story, bro. Back in Detroit, man, we had this uh, cat on the block, man. God rest his soul, rest in peace. He actually passed away, I found out. His name was Boo Boo. He was a neighborhood, I, I want to be politically correct, mentally challenged kid. This kid used to go around slapping himself in the face, making these noises like he was really mentally challenged. That did not fucking stop us from making fun of his ass. I'm just from a different fucking cloth, man. So the fact that people are getting upset that he's in rehab, oh, it's not fair for you to take. No, I don't give a fuck that kid cut his rehab. I give a fuck that Drake waited till he got a rehab. Because even on top of that, and I, even getting away from all the sensitive shit, I find it funny how people are making excuses for Cuddy. And I'm not really an Aubrey fan, but Cuddy started the shit. Drake had no beef with Cuddy, and Cuddy came out of nowhere and got started beef with yeah, Drake. Yeah, but why did you wait? Why didn't you retaliate right after that? You are, he was already on tour, and he had the platform to take care of it right there. Why did you wait? That part, I don't know, and that also brings to another... Because we're talking... If you guys aren't aware, we're talking about the new Drake track, Two Birds, One Stone. That also brings to a point where I don't know why he went at Pusher now. Now, Pusher... After years of jabs. We're talking years, years of jabs. Son, I still got the, the track in my car, man. Like when he was going at Lil Wayne and Drake. I wish I had I wish I had the little bit from uh from uh what was the joint with uh with O Dog and uh and Kane? Um Minister Society. Uh all out with with the little clip and he's sitting in there with, with the cops and the cops like you know you done fucked up, right? You know you done <laughs> fucked up, right? Yeah, I want. I wish I had that right now, man. Because Drake is just now you went to push it. Because before you was going to dudes that you knew that you was lyrically better than. He knew he was lyrically better than Drake. He knew that he was. Uh, he knew that he was lyrically better than Meek. That wasn't going to be a problem. So he was able just to go ahead and then just kill him real easy. That's why he just stayed on him for so long. He never really went at Hove. He kind of. He kind of. Threw a line at home just to kind of show that he wasn't scared of nobody. He didn't go at Kendrick when Kendrick went in his neck and just killed everybody on the record. So now you went at Pusher, so I respect him for that. But I ultimately think at the end of the day, if Pusher does decide to engage him, I think it might be. I think lyrically and for the real hip hop community, it could be a problem for. Aubrey. It's bad for Aubrey. It is hundred percent bad. And the reason I say it's bad for and he Drake, went at Joe, and I knew, and he went at Joe because that was going to be an easy target because he knew, you know, Joe is, you know. Joe well, he didn't really go unstable. at Joe. That's what I'm saying. He didn't really go at Joe. He he threw a small jab, but he Man, went direct. He, went, he apparently he went at Joe enough that Joe went went ballistic and went did a couple records on that dude. Oh well, the reason Joe went a couple records because the jab. Joe's from the old school of when you beefing with cats, and that's the old and that's my thing with Drake uh, with Pusha is you're not dealing with Joe where it's like okay Joe may be eating you alive, but nobody's really gonna pay attention to it because Joe's underground, but. Pusha T has that same notoriety as Drake. He's not as famous because Drake is the hottest thing in the grease pan right now, but he's definitely yeah, but up if there. Yeah, Pusha speaks on it, yeah, it's definitely going to shake up the hip-hop community and people going to pay attention. Yeah, and I just don't understand the timing. I don't understand why he did it when, when he did it. And you know what? Like I said, man, but, they, they would laugh it out the gym because that beat and shit is so... Like, the whole track is soft, bro. Like, I mean, you know, he said he's rapping, but it's not like no Vaseline. It's not like hit him up. Like, the shit is not hard. So I just... We're, we're, it's, a, it's a flash in the pan. We're not going to remember this shit in two weeks. It's well, just something that's a hot though. topic. Just as like a crazy how the dynamic works. You have Kanye going on stage, getting that Jay-Z mad that he wasn't on the pop style record. So that's funny to me. Basically mad that, you know, he, he wasn't working with Drake at that time. I think they're working on a project. I think I was hearing some talks about that. 
but yet you have the guy that Kanye is supposed to be working with now going at Pusha T. Maybe I smell some sort of publicity stunt trying to just generate energy towards all three of them. I don't think it's a publicity stunt. I think to me it points more to Kanye. Because Kanye and Drake are technically working on an album together. That's what I'm saying. I think it points more to Kanye. So how, so how are you going to have, how are you going to work on an album with Drake and he's dissing the president of your record label? And that's what I'm saying. That's why I think it points more to Kanye because obviously you're talking about uh, they came out with news reports that Jay-Z really doesn't really get along great with Kanye. I, mean, which, I kind of saw that, man. Kanye I, I think like everybody a, saw he that. Seems like a, he seems like a hard guy to get to, to hang out with. Yeah, everybody kind of saw that. I don't think anybody's really shocked about that. But I think it points more to Kanye. The reason I say that is um, so you're going at, well, not necessarily going at, but reports are going out basically saying about Jay. And obviously Kanye was upset that Jay wasn't on the record. Then somebody goes at your good music label me. I think it points more to Kanye. Maybe Kanye is looking to shake up the world because he's been going back and forth with this whole title Apple thing. Who, if Kanye's fucking bipolar. Who's to say he just ain't going to sign with Apple? Who knows, man? Kanye is just... You just have to stay tuned with Kanye. You never know what's going to happen. You never know what the headline is going to be with this guy, Mr. West. But i tell you what I'm surprised by. I'm surprised by, especially from the school that Pusha T came in, I'm surprised we haven't heard anything yet. I mean, Pusha T got a lot of stuff. I mean, why, why rush it? This guy waited years to go at you. So, you know what? And I don't think Pusha T should respond real quick anyway because you've been throwing jabs at this guy for years. He just now chooses to respond. He, he takes this time and opportunity to respond to you. I think that Pusha T would almost look like, I'm not going to say like like a fool or like a loser or like a, or like a clown, but he would almost, you know, kind of look that way if as soon as Drake say something, you respond real quick. Like, yeah, I've, I've been, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what? You made me wait, so I might as well let, I might as well let you wait. I'm going to let you sweat some, I'm going to let you sweat it out a little bit. Let the anticipation build. And when I'm ready, I'm going to drop a bombshell on you. Because he dropped a bombshell on us. Even though we both think it was a soft a soft record, he still dropped a bombshell at the end of the day because he just came out of nowhere with it. So I, so I, so now that's what that's what me and you are doing as fans. That's what, that's what the hip-hop community is doing as fans. We waiting to see, is Pusha going to drop something? Is he not going to drop something? You know, I was curious so about that. the anticipation is there. I was curious about what you just said um, because I had to look it up just to be sure. It was four years. Like, I don't know what came out between now and Exodus, but Exodus is the last Pusha T record that I remember coming at Drake. Um, and that was actually coming at Lil Wayne, too. So that was the last record I can remember. It's been about four fucking years. Where I the mean, hell does this shit happen? But you even have guys coming at Drake now, like my guy Banks, my nigga, my on the on his last tape, uh, all or nothing. Oh, DJ Drama, shout out to Banks. I love that tape. Uh, when he was saying that niggas went all the way to pop to get hot, nigga. That was a direct shot at Drake. Niggas went all the way to pop to get hot. Son. Yeah, and Drake ain't gonna say nothing to Banks. So you can't <laughs> say, say nothing to with banks. the POK. Fuck out of here, Banks. He ain't gonna say nothing. So Joe. you know, guys are taking shots at Drake, but Drake don't. But Drake act like you don't see him or hear him. But I know he does. If you a fan of the culture, which I know, which I know him to be, uh, he got to hear all of this. But he picks and chooses his battles. He wisely. does, and that's what I hated. I don't think it's wisely, man. I think it's a chump move. And here's why I say I think it's a chump move. Here is dude came out a while back and says, "This me, you'll never hear a reply for it." And the last three years, I can remember so many beefs that Drake was involved in. And some but, of them were not his I fault. Mean, I'll give you an example. Common was Common. He had to come at Common. Yeah, that was tough. Yeah, he and he he bodied. I love Common to death, man. But you were just not built for that. So whether him and his ghostwriter, he bodied Common. But all this other shit that's been going on with him, I don't, I don't think it's a good. I don't think it's a good look, man. I think he's really he's playing with the top, and not realizing he's not built for that. I think Jay Z was smarter than that. Jay Z was not just coming at random people, man. After Ether, Jay Z chilled. I mean, he came at Jim Jones and Camp because Camp kind of threw a shot at him. But after that, he I mean, left that everything was, alone. Yeah, more so for the city. You definitely was living that close. You definitely had to uh, protect your territory. But my particular thing is with um, with uh, with Drake was why didn't you really go back at Kendrick? And Kendrick's another example. That's why. That's what I mean. Like Kendrick's another example. Like okay, from and I know that I'm nowhere near notoriety and as they Drake. Were, and at that at that point in time, they were kind of neck and neck. 
and what they, they was doing. So that would have been a perfect time to kind of, you know, like say, hold up. That's why, like, I still respect Kendrick and I really respect Cole over, you know, over Drake. And I respect Drake also as an MC, but I respect Kendrick and Cole because those guys, even though Cole really didn't go back at Kendrick, you know, as he should have, but, you know, I still respect those guys as far as uh, putting on for the culture. Yeah, and, and that's my whole thing with that is uh, I, I do respect Kendrick for the same thing. But my thing is, okay, I know I'm not of any notoriety as Drake. And I know that Drake has people in his corner and he has a label he has to watch out for. So he has to be careful with the things that he do. All I'm saying is in me being a competitor and being an MC myself, son, I wait for somebody to say something about me. I'm excited. I like competition. That's the same way with these older guys. Pusha T, Joe Budden, Jay-Z. These guys are built for competition. They're waiting for you to say something so that they can come at you and bar up. Drake is not built for that. If you have to pick and choose your battles, you're not built for that. I'm not saying Drake has to respond to everybody because there's a bunch of no-name underground rappers who are trying to get at him. But if it's like a push a T situation, dude, you're four years too late. Like, I don't think it really matters at this point. In my opinion, like, I think if Drake... The only reason it matters to me right now is if Pusha T drops of ether-type record. Aside from that, it's like, okay, you Drake, you just dissing people because you fucking can't. That's it. Yeah, because you're definitely feeling yourself right now. Everything every, all, everything is working to his benefit right now. Um, He has all, he has all the chips uh, in his corner right now. So I could definitely understand why he did it. But to your point, you know, uh, as far as... He he'll always he'll always miss that respect from a lot of old heads in the culture. Like he might get it from bun from the bun bees because you know he's also putting money in their pocket and things of that sort. But from like the fans, he'll always he'll always miss it with that core hip hop head fan. They'll respect them, you know. We'll always respect them, but he'll always miss it with us, you know. Fair enough, man. But like I said, man, Aubrey needs to get his shit right. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to hearing the Pusha T response here, um, you know, when it when it comes up in the future. And you gave uh, Drake your dunce of the week. You know, I'm going to go ahead and um, I'm going to make this quick because we got to go in a few. But I want to give my very first student of the week. Okay, let's do it. It's my boy, Trick Daddy. <laughs> Trick Daddy. <laughs> Trick Daddy Dallas came out and spoke. Some real shit. Some real shit. <laughs> and everybody fucking pissed off at Yo, his ass. Why they jumped on my dog trick like that, man? They jumped on my dog trick head, man. That trick daddy, man. You gotta you gotta understand, bro. And I know you understand, but like you casual people, you gotta understand. Trick daddy, he's he's from the hood, man. He's from man, he's from Miami. You know what he sees down there all day long. Yeah, the dude dude's from the hood, and he's one of them cats that. You know, by looking at him and by the way he talks and the things he says, he's still in the hood. Just because he got some money, you know, he's one of them, one of them guys who's not smart enough to move out of the hood. And he's still in the hood. So when he came out and basically took the Instagram and said, "Yeah, I got the exact quote up here. I want to just say this right now." Here's the exact quote: "The span, the Spanish, these white hoes, they just starting to get finer than the motherfucker." He said, y'all black hoes better tighten up. I'm telling you, tighten up. Y'all doing all the extra shit for nothing. You're not achieving nothing, bitch. You get your ass done and your titties done. You're paying 150 to get your makeup done just to go to a local club, bitch. Tighten up. Oh, these Spanish and these white hoes are getting spiffy on y'all. They fuck around, learn how to fry chicken. You hoes is useless. <laughs> if you, they learn how to fry chicken, you hoes is useless. Yo, Student of the week to trick daddy for being Student real. Student of the week to trick daddy for being real, man. I love my mama, who is a beautiful African American woman. Um, I love her, and I and, and and I definitely um, you know, she raised me. She did everything, and she did right by me. But uh, I'm also married to a beautiful Colombian woman, man. And I don't know, and, I, and you know, I'm, I'm a vegetarian. I don't eat meat. But hey, for all my homies who do, I always I always encourage them to go the Spanish route because they just know how to cater to a brother. More to the senses, but get off a of Trick Daddy Dollars back, man. And they leave Trick Daddy, Daddy alone, man. man. Shout out Trick Daddy Dollars, man. Definitely we, shout we out gotta to Trick Daddy. You got to get him on the podcast to talk about that, man. <laughs> and you know what the funniest part about it is to me is maybe he, the fact that he, I mean, it was a bad, it was a hood rant. He was not being politically correct. He was calling bitches hoes. He was all over not being politically politi politi correct at all. Hell no. He was just calling bitches hoes, and I'm over here saying they calling bitches hoes. Look at me, I'm just a 
that fucking guy. But um, it's just he was speaking the truth, man. Take away the race shit that he said. Women in general who are out getting their ass done and their titties done just to go to a fucking club. Look at the hair they got to get done. That's Son, crazy. This shit is ridiculous. The, so they, they, the, the cost of their hair, you know, some women is paying out here. You know, the cost of rent is their hair. Four fifty, five hundred, seven, eight, nine hundred dollar weaves. You know, son, nails cost more than like my whole two months worth of haircuts. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? One nail session costs two hundred dollars, and you got to get it done every two weeks, and you got to get the toes done too. So shout out to Trick Daddy, man. Student shout of the out week, Trick Daddy Dollar, Student of the Week, man. Standing ovation for you. Just for, just for being real. Not necessarily what he said. Just for being real. Fuck being PC. People are too soft nowadays. Shout out to Trick Daddy. First student of the week. I'm glad that you took a stand and you said what was on your mind. I don't care if people think it's right or wrong. As long as you said what you thought. Just be, just be true to yourself. Exactly. Hey, so, man, I can't wait to see who you have for next week's student of the week. Yeah, definitely, man. So I think... Yeah, man, I think I think we out of I think we out of here today, man. I'm over here. We just like I said, we catching up on this uh, Boston Chicago game. Uh, Chicago looking good. D Wade playing good. Uh, yeah, I'm we'll surprised see. these motherfuckers is actually shooting well. But uh, y'all knuckleheads, get out of here, man. Class dismissed. Class dismissed. See y'all next week.